episode of Girl Influence Power is brought to you by Collectin. Shop or run the world's tiniest boutiques with Collectin. Welcome to Girl Influence Power Podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Lee, entrepreneur, jewelry designer, CEO, and co-founder of Collectin, an app that lets you shop influencer and designer labels direct from the source. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in live on CastBox. This episode is brought to you by Collectin, shop the world's tiniest boutique in partnership with CastBox. Okay, so today my guest is Vanessa Dew, a very dear friend of mine. She's the co-founder and chief sales officer of Health Aid Kombucha. She co-founded Health Aid in 2012 with her two best friends, husband and a wife team, Justin and Dana Trout. Vanessa is native to Los Angeles. She went to UCSD, UC San Diego, and got a degree in biochemistry. And then you have MBA from UC, USC, right? Uh, School of Marshall Business, right? Got that right. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Vanessa's here with us. Thank you for joining us today. Of course, it's my pleasure, Nadia, <laughs> to support my podcast. I love it. <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna kind of dive in into uh, Vanessa's entrepreneur journey, her career, her company, and then talk about your brand of influence um, because I think it's important for women out there or girls out there to hear other women who've succeeded, who've worked their way, uh, created an influence that's a brand of their own um, so that we can impact other women who are struggling, maybe starting off and give them some inspiration. So, you know, when you're hearing us and you're just like in the dumps, you know, you'll, you'll be like, okay, I'm not the only one. So just a little bit for something to kind of uh, someone else to kind of hear us. And hopefully we could make someone happy or inspire someone to be, you know, keep going because, you know, being an entrepreneur is very, very difficult. Okay. So we're going to dive right in into your entrepreneur journey. So for those who've never tried healthy kombucha, um, what makes healthy kombucha different than the other competitors? And just a little bit about the background of kombucha again for, yeah. <laughs> for the audience. So kombucha is fermented tea, mm-hmm. rich in probiotics and healthy acids. So at the heart of it, really good for your gut. Mm-hmm. And at Health Aid, we make it the old school, real real world kombucha way. So we use simple ingredients, water, right. sugar, mm-hmm. tea, and the SCOBY, which is the VIP ingredient oh. responsible for creating the probiotics and healthy acids in okay. each bottle. We flavor with uh, cold-pressed juice in-house, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we brew everything the same way we did back in the farmer's markets, oh, which are okay. in two-and-a-half-gallon glass jars. So super, super, super small batch, all glass fermentation all the time. So we're really proud of the brew that we mm-hmm. make and we like to say we make the best tasting and highest quality kombucha one can buy. Oh, definitely is. I love kombucha and I love yours. Wait, you started off in a farmer's market. Can you tell us about that story? That's so cool. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'll end on the farmer's market, but I'll <laughs> yes. tell you the story a little bit on how we got to the farmer's right, market. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so me and my best friend and her husband, mm-hmm. we were all in our mid-20s, mm-hmm. unfulfilled with our jobs at the time. And <laughs> we were searching 
for something else that would fulfill us. Right. And we did that through an entrepreneur club. Ah. And that, that was a you know, time where we got to share dinner mm-hmm. together, great wine, and brainstorm different right. business ideas. Mm-hmm. And one of those ideas mm-hmm. was kombucha. Ah. And we actually fell upon kombucha, not through your conventional methods right. of let's make it to sell for a drink. Right. Um, Justin actually thought he was losing his hair. Uh-huh. And so we thought, oh, anecdotally, we heard kombucha is good for hair loss. <laughs> right, Di- you're a biochemist. Right. right. Dinah had been brewing kombucha since right. her nutritionist days. So oh, okay. we thought, okay, we can make it in our you know closet let's mm-hmm, test it out mm-hmm, see if it works mm-hmm. needless to say we did not land on a hair loss product <laughs> that day but what we did have was amazing kombucha mm-hmm. so we decided to sell it at the farmer's market oh. that first bottle was sold march 25th 2012 just about seven and a half years ago oh wow and i have to say farmer's markets were a crazy time of hard work mm-hmm. and a lot of manual labor right, so anyone right. who's ever been to one right. and worked one you know right. what i'm talking about right. um, but it's so worth it to get the customer interaction right, and right. The direct feedback right, and right. it was our um it was our old it was our school of hard knocks in right, right. learning the customer feedback right. actually no you actually do need to be on the field talk to the people um, whether it's my first business my second business I actually went out there also with the sales team and talked to every single woman that we work with because other than that even though it's in your head right the idea the company but it's never the same once until you talk to the customer 100% right <laughs> that customer feedback is so priceless right right so did you always know you're going to be a business owner I mean I know you wanted to be entrepreneur but like when you actually started it and start doing it I mean how was that compared to what you imagined (laughs) yeah so I think my personal journey I you know way back when I always thought I was going to be a doctor Mm -hmm, the traditional mm -hmm. path for a medical doctor a medical doctor I thought I was going to cure my mom's disease um that's why I got into biochem Mm -hmm. but Ultimately, I was led to health aid and mm-hmm. starting it because I just knew there was something within me that was curious about right. building a business, mm-hmm. building a brand. Right. And I was so lucky to be able to find my best friends, mm-hmm. Diana and Justin, mm-hmm. who also felt the same way. And we shared that that curiosity right, to discover right. what it could be. And we're so proud of what it has grown into. So did you guys work and then did the help? healthy kombucha on the side or it's just like quit your job let's just do this I mean how was that how was the process yeah so in 2012 mm-hmm. we were still working nine to five mm-hmm. we were you know making brewing health aid on the nights weekends mm-hmm. and we were selling at the farmers markets on the right. weekends I was still going to school at the time ah, okay. and so it wasn't until middle end of 2013 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that we all quit our jobs ah, okay. and it was because we started to feel this momentum Mm -hmm. with health aid that we knew that if we didn't devote all our attention to it it would never really get off the ground Uh and so we took the big plunge Um, and that was a huge Mm -hmm. a huge um, time and crossroads in my life where I had to make the decision to give this a go or not 
Right. Especially you're born into Asian family. How was that telling your your dad? Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, I think my dad's response was, I spent how much money on your education (laughs) and now you're going to go brew kombucha? What is that? (laughs) Right. And uh, my mom, she just wanted me to be safe and taken care of. And she actually created a whole spreadsheet Mm -hmm. of all my lost salary, all my my benefits that I was losing, (laughs) all my future lost earnings. Oh, wow. um, And really gave me the tough love that Ah, she thought she needed to give me. (laughs) Um, And, you know, at the heart of it, I think they supported me. I wanted to be happy. Right. But then I definitely did not follow the conventional path they wanted me to take. Oh, that's, yeah. That's pretty amazing that you were just persistent about going about the business. You know, I a lot of people describe me as that or maybe even headstrong <laughs> to <Yes>. do <laughs> what I want to do. <laughs> hey, these are good adjectives for a strong woman. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, it's always compliment, you know, like it's not it's not a bad thing because you have to be, be entrepreneur. It's it's tough, like you said. And then I'm sure. Yeah, like flea market. They're not flea markets. So I'm <laughs> farmers market. Oh, yeah. Really, really tough. It's kind of like a uh, trade show. I don't know if you've been to like industry trade shows. Those are tough, too, because you're practically taking down a store, right? Like a retail store at the beginning of the day and then breaking it all down at the end of the day. And then you're tired on top of that. And then you probably have to do it again. Yes, (laughs) totally. Yeah, it's that day in, day out. Right. Plus, it didn't end there. We were also, you know, at the farmer's market. We were brewing after Mm -hmm. the farmer's market. And we were working our regular jobs. So it was not just backbreaking work, but then it was also just a lot of mental Uh, work uh that goes into it. So all all of you Mm -hmm. is in it at that point. Did you feel like you had a big lucky break sometimes during the healthy kombucha, like building that company journey? Hmm. Or was it just all hard work, which is probably just all hard work, too? Yeah, Yeah. You know, I... I don't, I can't pinpoint one lucky mm-hmm, break mm-hmm. because I, I will say the DNA of health aid right. is defined by kind of our grit right. and our optimism right, that right. we can find a solution. Mm-hmm. So with that kind of mentality, mm-hmm. we've always just pushed through and done the best we could right. and taken on so much mm-hmm. that I can't say we really had a lucky break. Mm-hmm. I think we, in a sense, created our own luck. Right, 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 right. Because your branding is very strong. Like I, you you know, like there's so many brands of kombucha out there, but yours always stand out. The anchor, the packaging, the bottle. I mean, who came up with that idea? Like, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So from the beginning, we always wanted our bottle and our look Mm -hmm. to stand out on the shelves. Right. And everything that was previously on the shelf Mm -hmm. was very alternative looking. It wasn't having a dynamic polarizing look like Uh Healthy does with the dark bottle, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with the colors that we're Mm -hmm, using. mm -hmm. We're a fun brand. We're a premium brand. We wanted to evoke those types of words. We're real. Uh, And that's us as people. So we wanted that to show through Mm -hmm. in our product. Oh, okay. All right. Um, You work with Dana and Justin and they're a husband and wife team. Is that hard working with your best friends, first of all? And then they're married on top of that. Yeah. You know, I would say that, you know, many different entrepreneurs have their own journey. Mm -hmm, Some do it mm -hmm. solo. Some have other co-founders. And I can say that, you know, HealthAid is as strong as we are Mm -hmm. and grown so fast because of our you know, dynamic and our right. tr- strong trifecta, we right, call ourselves, right. <laughs> um, 
the dynamic mm-hmm. could always be hard if right. you're married or if you're best friends. Mm-hmm. It's you know how you talk to one another, right. how you you know go out of bounds when it right. comes to the way you talk to each mm-hmm, other. Mm-hmm. And so we've always been very mindful ah, of okay. you know having those types of disagreements. Right. And at the end of the day, very early on, we mm-hmm. always said we wanted to make sure that mm-hmm. their marriage, our friendships were always preserved. Right. And how we made decisions for the business mm-hmm. was separate from the personal right, stuff. Right. And it was always what's best for healthy. Right. And I would say because we're, you know, have no egos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're always in it to win it together. Right, we've right. been able to succeed That's together. That's true. Because you have the bigger picture and goal in mind. Yeah. Which for one, I, I should be talking. I also have a co-founder. That's my husband. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I should learn from you too. <laughs> it is it is difficult at times, but you're right because the, I think it's because we have always the bigger picture in mind and the better you know the betterment of the company in mind. So and then we also understand there's also private life and then there's business life. So we need to always draw the line. Um, but you know I think that doesn't matter whether you're a husband and wife team or if just other co-workers or best friends I think and working with people in general is hard it's just as long as you like all know where you're going I think that's so true that's <laughs> yeah. so true and also being able to have those direct conversations right, with right. both compassion and also directness right to move it forward right is right. what matters that's true yeah so your job at kombucha is chief sales officer now you're coming from a biochem you have a business major so what do you really do as a chief sales officer? Like, How do you apply the skills that you got in school with your actual role in, you know, in kombucha? Yeah, that's a great question. So you know, I think as anyone who started a company, mm-hmm. you wear a lot of different hats. Right, and right. I would actually, for the a larger part of Health Aid, say it was a firefighter hat. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different things going right, on right. that you just need to put out. Mm-hmm. Um When we more formalized our roles, Mm -hmm. it really did make sense for me to take on this role. And Mm -hmm. what I do is I feel like I manage from beginning to end Mm -hmm. that customer sale, if Uh, you will. And there's a lot that comes with it, how it interacts with operations, Mm -hmm. how our team is feeling like they can win it. Do they have Mm -hmm. the tools to go speak to our customers? Mm -hmm. Um, Thinking about growth and the future up ahead. Mm -hmm. And what is our growth plan or platform? So there's a lot of pieces that come with it, whether Mm -hmm. it be short term or long term. Um, I think the most exciting part is seeing the development of our people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know we started in the farmer's market like i said and we've you know grown our team our whole company to Mm -hmm. about 200 people and so seeing the development Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. a lot of people from very early on Mm -hmm. and still with us today is probably the most fulfilling that is and i would say that's a you know, I've had to learn a lot on right. the job too, right? Because I didn't have the formal skills right. or CPG trained. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there's something to be said about being agile, right. a quick learner, mm-hmm. and you know, doing best by the company and the people. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. That was very. That's very inspiring. <laughs> it's very difficult. So we're gonna go on a little break. Now you can try before you buy on Collectin. Introducing Experience, the new way to shop jewelry. Flaunt your style and express your creativity with Experience. Get it today, only on Collectin.
Welcome to Girl Influence Power Podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Lee. We're coming back from a break with our guest, Vanessa Du from Healthy Kombucha. Hi, hi, welcome back again. Hi again. (laughs) All right, so we're going to talk about influence since that's kind of one topic of my show. So I think let's talk about the very beginning. Is there a particular woman, dead or alive, that really impacted your influence, your, you know, your, your entire journey as an entrepreneur or even growing up as a woman? I mean, you know, like one figure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I would say maybe, uh, both my mom and my grandmother actually. So when I think about my mom, she's uh, an Asian female, right? She was an engineer by trade. Mm-hmm. So growing up and just what she had to you know, go to schooling for, right. she was always a very rare minority. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, through that all, she's been able to be very successful right. in her job. Mm-hmm. And she's able to raise a family. Right. So she was a great example as a working career woman mm-hmm. who faced adversity, mm-hmm. both in her development education, right. but then also in her personal life with her personal sicknesses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's still been able to go to all my, you know, bake sales, sporting events oh, as a kid yeah. and you know, raise me in the best way she could. Right, and right. I'm forever grateful. Yes. And she always had the zest for life mm-hmm. that I wanted to be a part of, too. <laughs> yeah. And so I looked to her as a role model. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my grandma, she came here as a you know, single mom because mm-hmm. her husband passed away mm-hmm. in China and she brought my dad and my aunt here by mm-hmm. herself mm-hmm. and she raised them and she has this fortitude and right. this um she was a spark plug and so <laughs> I loved her for that too oh yeah you have two strong women in your lives <laughs> yes definitely do yeah no that's amazing I must say like Asian women especially of that generation it is very difficult especially when you're very capable and you're you have you know a career it's almost unlikely because back then they don't expect women to work they expect women to just raise a family and if you're very traditional it's completely just like stay at home you know right yeah (laughs) but it's very different nowadays and we're really privileged um that is very very different so you have a lot of impact and influence on women so what do you think is your style of influence yeah, I would definitely say it's not in your face. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I would say that I am someone who is you know, reliable, a listener, mm-hmm. someone who can speak from my own experiences right. mm-hmm. and share an experience, share what I've been through right. in hopes that someone can take something from that. That's true. Right? And I think that, you know, taking a bit from my mom too, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. having this zest and excitement right. and optimism mm-hmm. around the what if right. is is something that I hope to give everyone. Right. Because you do speak a lot, too, at a lot of events. I mean, that's how you and I met. (laughs) We were both panel speakers at a woman event. That was such a turning point for me, too. I love that event. Yeah, I know. That was an Asian business women event. So you give back to the Asian women or Asian business community as well, right? Yeah. So going through my entrepreneurial journey myself, Mm -hmm. I saw very few of me. So very few Asian female Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs in the food and beverage space. Right, right. And I didn't quite feel that up until the last couple years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I realized that it's a journey all on its own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so being able to help others through that process, through the cultural 
norms mm-hmm. or through any of the issues that surround Asian Americans right. building their business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy to be part of and give back to that community. Right. <laughs> so that ability to influence, do you think it was largely just natural to you because you were kind of born with it or do you have to cultivate it and like get better with it? You know, because sometimes it's not a natural, natural thing. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone has their own secret sauce. So everyone has their own je ne sais quoi. (laughs) And for me, I would say that it's more about leaning into Mm -hmm. those things that I know, like the excitement, the Mm -hmm. optimism, the opportunity to overcome. That's innate in me and mm-hmm. I really just had to learn to lean into it a little bit ah, more okay yeah because it's it's hard right it, it is, is very very hard yeah it's an uncomfortable right, space right. at times yes yeah. so you do a lot of social media because it's such a social media kind of <laughs> world nowadays yeah <laughs> you know I do I I don't and I do at the same mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. I find that I like to momentarily post on Instagram right. stories mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but at the same time you know constantly thinking about some content is right. not what I envelop myself right, in. Right. I'd rather mm-hmm. just experience. Right. So do you have to manage your own self-brand and also the companies or that, you know, it's just, you know, the companies is something else? Yeah. So it's interesting that, you know, HealthAid is now a brand right. and a an amazing, strong, huge brand on mm-hmm. its own. But a lot of what we have, you know, input in our fingerprint right. on is the values and, you know, the personality of it, right, if you right, will. Yeah. So we have a very capable team. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. make our ro- world go round. Right, right. From understanding how to build that brand. Mm-hmm, and you know, I'm so appreciative of what they do. Oh, uh, okay. Because there, the, recently there was a lot of press, you know, <laughs> like going around in social media uh, articles. Um, so how do you handle like, whether it's negative or just just things that you go, what? Yeah, this is not true. <laughs> yeah, you know, I kind of chuckle at that. Yeah. Bit. Like me and Dinah and Justin, mm-hmm. we're able to have a good laugh sometimes. Right, we're right. like, they don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> um, or we're like, wow, we only wish we were like that right, sometimes. Right, right, but right. Um, we like to have a little internal laugh. But right. I think that's where we can just call it what it is and yeah. move forward and that's focus true. on what we're doing. That's true. We can't get negative. Yeah. yeah and we never do, yeah. especially, you know, with our team, with ourselves. Right, and right. With what we want to do right. for the business. Right. It's never been our mantra. Right, right. And you, you just wrote this big article I read <laughs> about your own journey, personal journey growing up as an Asian American. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that article? So if you guys see it on LinkedIn, I've been sharing it everywhere. Um, but tell me about a little bit about that article and how you came about to writing that. Yeah, thanks for um, bringing that up. So, you know, when I mentioned that, you know, having a, a voice as an Asian American female mm-hmm. entrepreneur, right. I've had to really, you know, understand my upbringing mm-hmm. to really lean into that as well. Right. And, Finding your identity as an Asian American Mm -hmm. growing up in a very homogenous society Mm -hmm. um, where I was brought up, I had to learn a lot of things about myself. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it was really hard. There were a lot of things to confront. Mm -hmm. Um, Racism at a young age. Um, You know, my my grandmother and my mom's food Mm -hmm, being made mm -hmm. fun of and me feeling ashamed for it. And 
you know, I feel felt embarrassed because right. I was different. Right. And I was young too at the time. Yeah. Right. And I wanted to be at that age, you're impressionable and you right. want to be part of the cool crowd. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like from that point on, that very important time when someone called me a racial slur that yeah. I won't mention here, but <laughs> it was um, a time where I just decided to totally ultimately hate where I came from. Mm. So I hid that part of right. me. I tried to become essentially whitewashed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in every fact of the word. Right. And um, it wasn't until my mom really snapped me out of it right. because she basically said, you are who you are. Right. I remember in college and she's like, you're never, you're always going to hate yourself if you just don't embrace being right. Chinese. That's so, true. So that's really helped me understand and embrace who I am right, and right. get comfortable in my own skin, quite mm -hmm, honestly. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it's taken about you know, 33 years <laughs> to do that. You're still young. <laughs> but it, it, it's had to, it really uncovered a lot so that right. I can be me and be free in that. Right. That's true. Because it's tough. I mean, we don't, because we see ourselves as just people. Like you and I, we don't think of that race or you know like um how we brought up is different than someone else um so that is actually really easily like you 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 grow up you don't feel like you're you're, you're a victim of racism but then until you get out there and you realize and you think deeply like whoa you know <laughs> you have that you actually have that like ingrained in you like that has an impact on you so it's actually amazing that you're able to come out and like confront yourself and talk about it because that that's difficult. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And as I met some other awesome Asian entrepreneurs like yourself, Aww. just talking about the journey, right. I find a lot of people also going through this right, kind of right. coming of age of sorts and yes, kind of growing yes. into themselves. That's true. And so it's been really um, comforting mm -hmm. to know that there's a community out there also feeling the same way and going through right. similar journeys. That's and true. That's actually what gave me a lot of the encouragement encouragement mm -hmm. to write that right yeah because you know when I was starting my business and that was way earlier than you <laughs> I never saw myself as an Asian American woman and that there was like a double minority you know double negative against me I'm Asian and I'm women so when I used to go to trade shows and I always find like hey I'm a designer jewelry design why is my booth always in the back even though I did everything the same as everyone else applied my jewelry looked just as great if not better but every time for years at my booth was always in the back of the show until one day someone someone had come to me that was a customer and say hey you know have you noticed all the Asian designers are all back there with the importers and exporters you know that and I, and then a dawn on me oh oh is that why because is it because I'm Asian? You know, like never right. even thought about right. that. You're <laughs> in I that same group. Right. And I was like, was I a victim of this racial injustice? And I didn't even know it. But anyway, so. I know. And then you look back and you're like, huh, well, I got through that. Right, but right. But that's just something that you're just conditioned right to, right I guess. right right and then also being asian we don't talk about it oh yeah right we hide it oh 100 like, percent. <laughs> like i was never emotionally vulnerable right, right now my boyfriend will say i'm a sensitive snowflake but <laughs> i i do feel like talking about it is so important but we're not mm -hmm, able mm -hmm. to or that's right, not in right. our culture right right because it's always like you know keep it to yourself let's not have conflict right right it's conflict resolution right <laughs> yeah. and you and just you, hide yeah. it right 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 and then you know do you, you don't boast about yourself you know um yeah you don't you don't go out and confront people um did you have to do that like like ultimately teach yourself to be to be more vocal 
a hundred percent all the time. So I remember, um, and this was probably in grade school, probably because of the event that has happened to mm-hmm. me. I always found myself not raising my hand to question the norm. Right. And so as I you know, got older, mm-hmm. learned some things, had more confidence right. in myself, mm-hmm. I did condition myself to be able to speak up more right, right. and to know that I have a voice and an opinion that's right. valuable. Right. But it took so much and mm-hmm. a lot of hardship and the ups and downs right. and the questioning of, you know, the imposter syndrome right. coming into your head. Right, right. And then it just takes little cues mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. lose that confidence. Right, and right. so I've really had to de- develop it. And mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. anything, it's more of a discipline right. th- to do that mm-hmm. um, because you're not aware that it's happening. Right, right. So, for example, like if you were a young person um, and you want to like to mentor them or, you know, if you're a young person, and you really want to work at Healthy Kombucha, what kind of what kind of personality or what kind of people are you look for that kind of fits into your culture or in into your you know um into your I don't know (laughs) yeah it's a great question so as we've grown I think the level of our health aid is Mm -hmm. we need people that have had great experience in that particular Mm -hmm. job or expertise we're looking for Mm -hmm. but that certainly doesn't outweigh the equal and importance of aligning to our values right so you know everyone who works at health aid has Mm -hmm. gone through a culture interview right right. and you know our values at health aid Mm -hmm. spell out the word goal Mm -hmm. Uh, we like to hit our goal but it stands for grit Mm-hmm. optimism authenticity and leadership right and it's you know we we filter our employees mm-hmm. or we have them go through this culture interview uh-huh. to see if they have those types of traits right. for example you know is someone optimistic you're not going to ask them right are you optimistic They'll just say <laughs> yes true. Right. sure right um but we ask some situational questions mm-hmm. like tell me about your worst day yeah or Tell me, you know, the worst situation you've encountered at work Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. how did you overcome it? Okay. And so that really gives you insight into kind of their fortitude. Right. And I would say that's very important to us as much as the skill and expertise. Right. So take that as a note if you want to apply to Health Aid. Goal. (laughs) Listen to what she's saying. Goal. (laughs) All right. Welcome back. We have Vanessa Du, co-founder of healthy kombucha for those who have never tried kombucha it is a fermented tea (laughs) rich in probiotics and healthy acids right (laughs) she's a good friend of mine she's on my show today and we're going to talk about really influence um, about entrepreneur journey um, about just who we are right as women as business owners um, the journey that we go on uh, to become who we are today all right do you guys have to work with influencers at Health Aid? We do. We are um, we are very lucky that a lot of influencers mm-hmm. and um, people in that celebrity right, world right. really love Health Aid. Yeah. So we do have a, a very large influencer following. Oh, uh, okay. So in your mind, what does that word influencer mean to you? Yeah. So I think it's somewhat. It, a lot of people like to call themselves influencers. Right, right, because they're so widely used. Yeah. Maybe a little bit overly used. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the, the influencer traditionally in my head is right. someone who you know has a huge audience mm-hmm. and a, you know, a strong platform right. that they can outreach to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 
whether it be through a an Instagram post mm-hmm, or whether it be through a thought leadership article, right, right. they're able to cause someone to pause mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. think about right. what is whatever it may be, right. whether it's a product or right. a philosophy mm-hmm, or another way of doing something right, maybe. Right. And mm-hmm. so just that moment of change and mm-hmm. pause around what that disruption is, mm-hmm. I think is an influential moment. Okay. Um, so for you, like for you to influence, uh, I guess using your own brand of influence, very different than the social media kind of influence. Um, do you have any tips or how would you like, you know, uh, educate or mentor other women uh, how to develop their own brand of influence using the pool that they have? Yeah. So I would say first, um, for me, well, I would say first, find what's exciting to you. Right. Um, and to me, it's exciting to talk to other young entrepreneurs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to other Asian American entrepreneurs, right, right. to be part of this community of building uh-huh. um, because I've been able to build something with my right, team. Right. And so for me, I, I'm able to speak from a place of experience right. and do so only in my own point of view, not right. ever trying to dictate how right, someone right. should do something yeah, that's true i hate when tell someone tells me how i should <laughs> that's do something true. so i think that's really important to think about is what is exciting mm-hmm. to you right and then to how do you want to be and mm-hmm. for me it's about just sharing my experience right. mm-hmm. and what i've learned along the way you teach too right at, at school yeah i've been asked to come in um to my pr- professor's class mm-hmm. once a semester and talk about different case studies with our business oh, okay. and so that's been really fun yeah how is that working with like young students that are who are so idealistic yeah <laughs> so i have to say i was at usc yesterday mm-hmm. oh. and i was walking on campus for the mm-hmm, first week mm-hmm. of school i was looking around i'm like wow they look so young and spry <laughs> right right um but you know just to have kind of all eyes on you mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. hearing your story right and copiously taking right. notes mm-hmm. and soaking in every word it's such a gratifying feeling Mm -hmm. and I think probably the most exciting part is the feedback afterwards whether Uh, it be questions that they're trying to understand to develop themselves Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or just questions and feedback on a product that they're working Mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. so to me that's the most fulfilling thing both from my view and I hope from their view too so how do you balance your work life uh, in a very aware way. Right, so I right. know that if I'm just on 24 mm-hmm. seven, it's going to start to deplete from me. Right. So right. I'm all about the not going into my emails the mm-hmm. first 30 seconds that I wake up. Right. Right. Um, I, one new recent thing that mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. has been taking off the email notifications ah. off of my work email. Uh-huh. So it really helps me right. not, actively um you know get pinged by my email right that's true um, but i choose when i go in there to refresh that right, inbox. right so do you turn off your email when you go home like like do you put down your phone and just like you know what from now till tomorrow morning like 
that's not happening. Um, that's more of the ideal than <laughs> the day to day. Sometimes I do, yeah. but I would say more often than not, it's, right. it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least now I can choose to right, go right, right. into my inbox to do some work. But here's the thing is, I don't know if you can ever have it like right. a clean cut mm-hmm. nine to five when right. you have your own business. That's it's just true. the life that you choose, right? right? It's 24 seven in your mind. Exactly. Yeah, so right. I'm able to balance whether it be you know having lunch with brunch with a friend on the right, weekend, right. and I still need to get you know something done before the end of the weekend, mm-hmm. prepared for Monday morning. Right. So it's just the life that I chose, right. um, and fortunately, I just have a very strong support system right, that right, understands right. that, and I've learned to delegate a lot over the years. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. actually very important for an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. Because you can't do everything on your own. No, <laughs> but it's a hard lesson to learn as you're yes, going through it. It's true. It's especially like when you're used to be able to, you're so used to doing everything so well, too. And then you hand it off and it's like, it's not the same quality that you expect. Right, right. right. And then it's always this thought in the back of your mind, are they doing it right. to be most that they can? Right, um, right, right. But I've come to understand that once you start to trust people, mm-hmm. train them, have them you know, do it right. and have a great feedback right. loop, mm-hmm. then they can just fly and right, totally right. feel empowered to do the right thing. <laughs> All right. So we do have to end the entire podcast with my favorite question. Why do you love collecting? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have to say, Collectin has the best selection of jewelry for all different types of events. And my go-to everyday earrings that usually go with everything are from Collectin. And they're the best statement you need or the the daintiest look that you need. Right. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I (laughs) love it. Because of me, right? Of course. Of course. Always. (laughs) Well, thank you for having... Thank you for coming. Thanks, Nadia. This was so fun. Yeah. It was an hour that went by really, really fast. We just-